Hey there, and welcome to the Box Office Watch Podcast, where we keep watch on how much money movies are making and why. This is the show recapping the weekend of February 10th to the 12th, 2023. My name is Paulo, and I'm your host. Whoever's doing well out there, if you're from Philadelphia, uh, you have my condolences after that Super Bowl this past Sunday. I'm right there with you. Um, But football aside, we did get some new trailers hinting at the films coming for the rest of the year, maybe better than we previously expected box office-wise, as well as some pre-Valentine's box office this weekend to go through, though historically, uh, as is is the case historically, um, the Super Bowl weekend tends to be not the greatest weekend for the box office. So let's just go ahead and and rip off that bandit and just hop in, shall we? Uh, in first place this weekend, Channing Tatum comes out on top again with Warner Brothers' final entry in the Magic Mike series, Magic Mike's Last Dance. The film opened to $8.3 million in 1,500 theaters for a 5,537 per theater average. Uh, box office pros had it a little bit higher, though they always tend to over-forecast. Um, this was a formerly previous streaming exclusive, and they had it at $12 million. But this is the third number one weekend for Channing Tatum on this pre-Super uh, Bowl slash pre-Valentine's Day weekend. Uh, he also has 2010's Deal John and 2012's The Val. Now, this does open a little bit above last year's Valentine's opener, Marry Me, at $7.9 million, so there is that. It also has a fairly pricey uh, $40 million production budget, which isn't great, um, and looks to be a tough sell to break even. Review-wise, because it would open in so few theaters, it doesn't have a cinema score, but we do have Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, now, critically, it's the worst of the three films. The first one was 78, the second one was 65, and this one is a measly 46. However, the audience seemed to like this one the best. The first was 60, the second one was 55, and this one is currently sitting at 75%. Now, this is the lowest opening of all three films. You know, the first one was 39 million, so the second one, 12.8 million. So, yeah, I think this one wasn't really designed for the big screen, and unfortunately, I don't think the marketing was there to really get it there, but but hey, uh, I think this is more a bone being thrown to exhibitors more than anything else, a way for, you know, uh, for Magic Mike to try to maximize on how much revenue we could make before hitting uh, VOD and such. Um, now, in second place, Avatar The Way of Water comes back up to second with a three, 36% drop to $7.2 million in 3,065 theaters for a 2,355 per theater average and a $647 million domestic total to date. It's currently hit $2.213 billion worldwide. This puts it just about, uh, say, call it call it about a billion, a million or so, uh, from uh, $5 million or so, rather, from taking overtaking Jurassic World for the number nine st- spot all-time domestically, and it's about $1 million away from crossing Titanic for the number three all-time spot, more of that in a second. Not much to say here on Avatar that hasn't already been said, though. There was a bit of a new support that James Cameron's base take-home for the film was about $95 million, not counting box office's bonuses, so yeah, man's making doing well for himself. Now, speaking of Titanic, you know, the 25th anniversary re-release, re-release came out uh, for third place out to 6, 6.7 million this weekend in 2,465 theaters for 2,725 per theater average. This puts the film total to 666 million domestically. Uh, overseas, it's made 15.9 million in 51 markets, uh, behind actually Avatar Tartu's 18.9 million this weekend, and it's currently sitting at uh, 2.214 billion worldwide. Um, it would have actually slipped behind Avatar 2 this weekend without this gain. So I could, I expect you know, this uh, re-release to maybe not have as good legs. Um, so we'll see if, if Avatar Way of Water probably uh, will be able to overtake it uh, in sometime this week. Uh, in fourth place, 80 for Brady had more staying power from last week's releases. Um, it made $5.8 million with a 54% drop in 3,939 theaters for a 1473 per theater average and a $24.7 million domestic total. A bit short of the $28 million budget of the film still, though, so not great. 
Avani out of the top five, Puss in Boots hangs in there with a 29% drop in week eight for 5.5 million domestic total in 3,227 theaters for its 17.29 per theater average and a fifth 158 million domestic total. Uh, 394 million worldwide. Uh, it's very impressive. It's going to hit that $400 million mark in the next couple of weeks. Uh, if it makes another 10 million domestically, actually, it'll also bump out Black Adam from the top 10 go highest grossing films domestically released in 2022. Now, outside the top five, Knock at the Cabin, last week's number one, tumbled down 62% to, in its second weekend for 5.4 million and a 14.84 per theater average for 23.3 million to date. The divisive review certainly hasn't helped. Um, though overseas, it's made another 13.3 million for a 36.6 million worldwide, so very close to hitting 2x its $20 million budget. Uh, Megan made another 2.4 million for 90 million domestically uh, in week six. And an Infinity Pool from Neon lost about a 1,300 theaters down to only 415 in its third weekend with a lowly 469 per theater average. And a new release, Consequation, uh, a new IFC film, had a $433 per theater average in 762 theaters. Now, Oscars-wise, you know, Everything Everywhere still rules with 330000 or so, coming up to $72.5 million, uh, closing in on Morbius at $73.8 million. Um, almost all the Oscar nominees are losing theaters, though. Uh, notably, The Whale, and with Brendan Fraser, is starting to lose theaters, dropping below 1000 for the first time since expanding out to 1500 And then, similarly, Sony's film Living is dropping down to just over 250 theaters this weekend from 400 So if anyone's wanting to catch those in theaters, uh, you better act quickly, um, since we're not sure when they went they're going to come to, P to VOD, especially if you wanted to catch them before the Oscar ceremony. Uh, the only real semi-significant expansion from the Oscars was for international film Close, going up to 60 theaters from 20 last weekend and a 2,463 per theater average. Overall total box office this weekend was a fairly low 5, 51.7 million. Again, some would expect due to the Super Bowl leeching away viewers. I mentioned last week we do have some midweek releases this week. Uh, Kaguya Sama from Crunchyroll uh, on the 14th and 15th. Marlowe from Open Road on the 15th. Uh, Winnie the Pooh from Blood and Honey from Fathom on the 15th. And then the re-release of Fire of Love from National Geographic on the 14th. However, the real film to keep an eye on this coming week is, of course, uh, The Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Currently forecasted, uh, uh, current forecast from box office pros are that it'll open between 101 million to 125 million domestically, um, which would be the Tiny Hero's biggest opening to date. Um, also opening in limited are the Chinese film Hidden Blade, Focus Features of an AIDS, and Sony Pictures Classics Return to Soul from Cambodia, uh, which was their submission for international film, which ultimately did not get nominated. Overseas, there's not too much to go through, uh, aside from Black Panther making about $5.9 million this weekend in China for number five, um, adding to, .9 million, to an $11.9 million Chinese total. Uh, Pre-sales for Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, have started in China and are about on par with the fir same first-day pre-sales for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Uh, we also got confirmation that Megan will be releasing in China, though no date has been given. And similarly, Dungeons and Dragons Honor, Honor Among Thieves is also getting a Chinese release date, though this one is dated for March 31st, the same as the U.S release. Other than that, you know, not too much else. Uh, I'm going to keep it quick and just go through some headlines. Um, some updates on Warner Brothers Discovery's plan to combine HBO Max and Discovery Plus into a single streaming service. It looks like uh, they're more, rather than combining them into a single service, it's going to have a, um, essentially HBO Max add on the Discovery Plus content while also keeping Discovery Plus as a standalone option. Uh, the thinking here, it looks like to being that consumers who are want to pay you know, a cheaper price for the you know, relatively cheap to produce Discovery Plus content um, you know, might not might be priced out of moving over the HBO Max entirely. So this is essentially a low budget option uh, you know, to keep to maintain those current uh, subscribers.
Uh, meanwhile, for Disney, on their on their streaming services, they actually had a 2.4 million subscriber loss uh, last quarter, their first ever, though they still beat Wall Street expectations. Uh, the drop was almost entirely driven by a 3.8 million user loss uh, from Disney's Hotstar in India um, due to a loss of the Indian Premier League's cricket rights, um, which is a major was a major selling point of the service. Um, so this was partially offset, obviously, from 3.8 million loss in India uh, to about 2.4 million loss you know worldwide um, due to gains in other regions. Still, despite this, you know they announced a seven thousand dollar job layoff as part of a restructuring to save about five point five billion in costs, reorganizing the company into three core businesses: Disney Entertainment, ESPN, and in parks and experiences and products. Um, the still op- Disney Plus as a whole, direct to consumer, is operating at a loss of about one point oh five billion. That was better than the one point two two billion that had been forecasted by analysts. Uh, they're still trying to forecast uh, that sometime in twenty twenty four, Disney Plus will end up becoming uh, net positive. Other Disney highlights on an investor call, they uh, they announced that they are working on sequels for Toy Story again, uh, Frozen, of course, and then Zootopia, which I'm actually surprised they didn't actually have a sequel to that out sooner. Um, meanwhile, on an interview with CNBC, Bob Iger noted he's open to selling Hulu before their 2024 deadline to buy out Comcast stake in the streaming platform, though that's obviously not a commitment to do to go one way or the other. Uh, he also learned that the core strategy for Disney Plus will be to lean even harder on Disney, Marvel, Pixar, Star Wars, and Avatar, which Okay, Star Wars probably means they're going to make films again at some point. Avatar obviously has you know been a real bright spot for them, though you know they probably could do more with the rest of the 20th Century Fox portfolio. Um, but Marvel, how do you lean more on Marvel at this point more than what you're already doing? Anyway, uh, in movie production news, uh, Pat- Paddington filmmaker uh, Paul King is set to direct the, ho- the Tom Holland Fred Astaire movie from Sony, uh, which looks like it's going to be a pretty good Oscar contender down the road. Uh, the recent movie Plane has apparently been successful enough that the actor Mike Coulter, though not Gerald Butler, um, are set to return in the sequel alongside the director. Um, the title of that sequel, of course, is going to be Sip. Uh, in upcoming releases this year, uh, John Wick 4 has been announced to have a 2-hour and 49-minute runtime. Honestly, not so hard I feel about this one. Uh, the first film, by contrast, was over an hour sort at a tight 1 hour and 41 minutes, uh, while the second one was 2 hours and 2 minutes, and the third was 2 hours and 11 minutes. Uh, we'll see if th- this extended... Uh, Runtime is justified, especially since part of the first one's real appeal was the tight, no-nonsense, no-filler runtime, though hopefully the box office will increase accordingly as it has for every subsequent entry. And then you have Guy Ritchie's spy action comedy uh, Operation Fortune, starring Jason Statham and Aubrey Plaza, set to have a March 3rd release here in the States after releasing overseas back in January. Uh, probably a little bit too short notice to do really well, but hey, Guy Ritchie films are my guilty pleasure, so I'll probably try to catch this, if not in theaters, eventually when it comes to streaming. Uh, from the Super Bowl, we got new trailers for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, The Flash, and Indiana Jones. Honestly, they all looked really good. Uh, the Flash in particular, right? Um, you know, I can see why you know they want to hold on to the film, despite the problems with Ezra Miller, um, since the film looks really good and, of course, is a natural uh, reset point for the DCEU to, DC, to the DCU. Um, though I'm well, obviously going to need to go back and watch the, the, the Michael Keaton Batman films. Admission, I've actually never actually seen any of, it, any of those movies. Uh, following the real bankruptcy case, you know, it sounds like uh, Cineworld, the parent company, has received the outline of a restructuring plan from lenders to take it out of bankruptcy, though the option for pursuing a sale of assets is still on the table. Um, there are also various buyers, it sounds like, who may be interested in, in purchasing the company. Um, so we'll see how that pans out. And then finally, to close on a bit of happy news, the AMC Sunset 5 in LA is being taken over by Landmark Theaters in June after Landmark started one of their flagship locations, the Landmark Pico, last year. So that's a boon for uh, art house house lovers uh, in the LA area. 
Uh, and with that, I think that's a wrap for this episode. Super my deals for the Oscars cover via email at boxofficewatchpodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at BOWatchPodcast. Our shows on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. Make sure to subscribe and leave a review or at the very least tell a friend that any of that helps. Links to all that will be in our show notes. Numbers used in the show come from dnumbers.com. Intro and to music from Kevin MacLeod. Incompetent home music at IO. Editing production by Ninja Boy Media. Until next time, this has been the Box Office Watch. And remember, our watch goes on. Thank you.